Assalamu alaikum, Prasanna. Wa alaikum salam, Marina. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. How are you? I'm good, alhamdulillah. And I'm really excited to talk about today's topic. I think this is going to be a really interesting but a different kind of conversation. How about you? Me too. I think it's something that is really needed whenever we have, you know, for any relationship that we have. So you're probably wondering what we're talking about. Um, Today, we're going to be speaking about what it means to hold space for somebody in a conversation. So Frazana, can you help us break that down? Because I'm sure lots of people won't even be familiar with that term. It's something that maybe you've even seen banded about the internet a few times, but weren't quite sure of its meaning. Yeah. So holding space is a word that is not used every day. It's talked about around the mental health space. But holding space means that you are present with somebody else physically, emotionally, and mentally. And the, the added here is being present without being judged, um, without having judgment. Okay, so a starting question, a starting point um, for myself is, do you only need to hold space for somebody who maybe experiencing mental health issues because you mentioned that it's a term that tends to come up in those sorts of conversations no I don't believe that you do um, because holding space doesn't necessarily mean that you somebody has mental health issues because if if we talk about mental health issues it's on a spectrum right you um it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody has like schizophrenia or really bad depression or anything like that you can hold space for somebody who is um, coming to you, who is feeling really low uh, in their situation and just wants to talk about it and talk about something that is, and even not even sad things, somebody who's happy about something that's happened to their life and they really want to, to share that experience with somebody. And it's just responding back to them in a way that is makes them feel a bit more heard and seen and empowered in that conversation. Um, so like with everyone, we all want to be seen and heard. And that is the most important part of a, a holding space. Now, before we get into any more of the details, let's talk a little bit about why it's important to hold space, because you just mentioned something that triggered a train of thought for me there. You said everybody wants to see and feel and heard. Now, in Ramadan, I was like probably many of you, I was listening to a series about the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And it was sharing common traits about his character and how he would present himself. And one of those things was giving people his full attention and being fully present. And that was not only that was not only evident in him not being distracted by the things happening around him at the time but even in his body language so for instance when you read when you read upon this you'll see that the descriptions were such that he wouldn't just turn his head towards you he'd turn his whole body towards you Mm -hmm. equally it was common for it was common for the people at the time of the prophet to think that they were his best friend 
because he made everybody feel like they were the most important person to him. That is an amazing quality to have, to make somebody feel like there's nothing more important in that moment than that person. And you asked me, everybody wants to be seen and heard because everybody has some level of insecurity about themselves. And, and as well as when they are feeling a certain emotion, especially a negative emotion, you, you want your feelings to be validated. You don't just want to say like, for example, you can have like these compulsive running thoughts about a certain situation. You're feeling grief and you're feeling this really low, sad point. And when you go to somebody and you talk about it and it's not validated, it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. And, and holding space is a beautiful gift that you can give somebody. It makes them feel like, no, they are not crazy they are not stupid or they are not wrong to feel that emotion because we all experience things very differently and as human beings they're very complex but to to be validated and say yes you are experiencing what you are experiencing is the right what you are experiencing and it's not wrong and we all go through this um we all have you know low points in our life there is no one on on this earth that doesn't have low points. It can have an emotional impact and it can have a mental impact as well. For example, you're going through a, and I can only think of one right now, is a breakup. And you're feeling this sadness and this, you know, um, all your hopes and dreams with that person is no longer going to happen, the future that you imagined with them. And when you go to a friend and say, look, I'm feeling really, really low and rubbish and I'm really devastated. And then your friend turns around and says, well, get over it. You know, you know, just move on. It's happened now. Then you, you end up not wanting to ever share your feelings with anybody else ever again. That is, that is devastating. And again, like I said previously, it has such negative impact on you. And not many people realize that it actually has a very bad physical impact. Like even within your physiology, you end up having like loads of um, you feeling stress because your cortisol levels go up. Um, you end up having digestive problems. There's so many things that you know physical ailments have. I'm not I'm not um, a specialist in that area, but I know that from my reading around um, emotions and um, and experiencing and not having your feelings validated, what actually what that can do, it can have very devastating consequences. That's really interesting, Prasanna. I'm just thinking for the benefit of our listeners, it's probably hard for anybody to imagine, even if it's already happened, it's probably hard for anybody to imagine that they may have actually had a similar conversation to the one that you outlined. Because quite often when we say things like, get over it, we we don't realize the impact as you described on the other person. So maybe it didn't even register in our minds that we said something that was actually quite quite strong in its language. So I'm wondering if you'd be up for doing a little bit of role play with me, just so that we can um, maybe give some really common examples of different types of dialogue where, you know, we can show like the good examples um, when you want to show some 
or when, when you want to share some good news with a friend but equally when you want to share some not so great news with a friend would you be up for that yes let's do it let's do it okay are you um do you want to give me an example of some 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 sad news or some bad news or something that you're just not feeling great about that you want to share with me as your friend yes so marina i i have some really bad news um I've, I've, I'm, I'm still in, in, in great shock that I'm not sure, even though I know, knew it was coming, that it's just still, I'm just feeling really devastated. Um, and my, my, my grandma passed away. And oh, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Do you know, it was only last year that my grandma passed away. So I can completely relate to how you're feeling, because that was a really tough time for me as well. So right there, that isn't a good example, because in that conversation, somebody has come to you telling them that they have experienced some grief and loss and you made it all about you. How did that make you feel? It made me feel that you weren't really concerned about how I was feeling. You wanted to share and offload what you were feeling at that moment. And um, though my, though I'm not saying, though I'm not taking away from what you felt and even feeling right now, but as my friend, I needed you there and then because my, at that moment, I'm feeling that pain and grief at a hundred percent intensity because it just recently happened so it's interesting that you shared that because that's similar to how I felt when this actually happened in real life because that did happen when I um, lost my grandma and it happened from a very well-meaning friend on a friend's group on whatsapp and one of the first things she told me about was when she lost her grandma and yeah it just I think it almost shut me down I didn't want to speak about it anymore it was like okay Mike's over to you that's how I think I felt at that time and I didn't want to have to explain myself and say yeah well no I didn't quite feel like that and no yeah that bit doesn't really ring true to my experience so I just withdrew and 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 I felt when you were talking to me, not just about that, you made it about you. Um, I felt as though I had to be there for you. Like mm. I had to carry that for you um, instead of, you know, like, and there are some people who are naturally, who are, you know, they have a personality that despite the fact that they are going through their own grief, they will carry somebody else's grief at the same time. Um, because they feel like they need to take that role on because of the fact that they um, and they call naturally call impacts um, and we can talk about that another another topic and um, but yeah so it did feel like I, I had to be there for you right now I'm, I'm being fully present for you and listening to your emotion and putting aside my feelings to be there for you right now well, that was a great example to start with. Let's try another one. Let's try a role, um, a role play with an example of some good news, some positive news that you want to share with me as a friend. So, Marina, I have some exciting news. I, you know that, you know how long it's, I've been struggling to find a job, right? 
mm-hmm. and for so long and you know you know how how hard it has been like in terms of financially and you know trying to get this really good career and I have just landed my dream job like it's I'm I'm just I can't believe it that they that I, I just managed to get this it was um you know we had to go through um you know four different interviews with different partners and I just um I'm just really excited about this what is it I I got a job in um, corporate respons- social responsibility um, at this um, big firm, and I'm really excited to hit the ground running. Oh, do you know what? That is such good news. It just reminds me that, you know, so many people around me have found their calling. I'm still trying to work out what my dream job is. I don't even know what it, what it should be, and I feel so left out. I'm still trying to work out what my calling in life is. I just felt like you just diminished my happiness uh, of an excitement and again made it about you. <laughs> and and you said the I'm so happy for you with lackluster. It wasn't with excitement. It wasn't matching my energy. And and that is what I needed you right now to be excited for me um, as my friend Um, but again it was about you haven't found something you haven't done it again it made me feel like I need to sit back and you know reduce my my level of excitement and really feel your pain of not finding your calling and then try and see what you want from me in that conversation and Mm. then me giving that back to you so how did you feel at the end of that? I didn't feel great about that because, um, again, neither part of whether I was sad or happy, my my feelings weren't validated. I felt like um, that I didn't matter at that moment, that I wasn't important and that I had to change roles and be there for you. Okay, that's really interesting. Let's add one more example to the mix. And I want to play on the feelings that you've mentioned. Let's do role play where it's really key to tap into the other person's emotions just to give our listeners a feeler for one more example. Marina, you know that me looking for a partner has for marriage has been such a struggle and so hard and you know I've, I've been doing it for years and I'm just not finding the person that I, 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 I would like to be with and you know spend the rest of my life with and it's just really emotionally exhausting every time putting myself out there and getting nothing back in return and just at, at times getting being disrespected and in sometimes objectified and I'm just really tired it just drains me and I just I feel really low at low sometimes and it's just yeah it's just emotionally draining I mean 
this doesn't sound like it's easy at all, but I think the way to really just solve this is, you know, make sure that you're not getting emotionally attached because you don't know how many people it's going to take you to find the one. You could be speaking to one person, you could be speaking to a hundred people and, you know, it's all clearly having taking its toll on you. So you should just make sure that your questions are very factual. You don't allow yourself to get emotionally involved because you need to put yourself first. Again, I didn't feel like my feelings were validated and I didn't need somebody to fix my problems right there. I wasn't looking for advice. I was just wanting somebody to just sit with my pain and really listen to my pain right now and make me feel like, yes, my feelings are validated. And by telling me not to get emotionally attached, it's not helpful. And um, and asking factual questions because that person doesn't know what I'm doing. They haven't said anything. And to say to not to get emotionally attached, it doesn't mean that you do get emotionally attached. I said, I'm mm. putting myself out there and I'm, you know, I'm constantly have to do that. And I am getting nothing back in return or sometimes I'm getting objectified. And that isn't telling, that isn't, that person isn't really listening to what I'm saying. They are like, okay, my friend has a problem. Let me fix it for her. And you don't need somebody to fix your problems. Not all the time. You just want them to sit with you and feel your pain. So you feel validated in in that you're, you know, you are allowed to feel this emotion. It is emotionally draining. You want somebody to, you know, when you are drained emotionally, you want to sit with somebody who's going to uplift that in, that energy for you and not drain it even more because you just made it about me and saying it's probably I'm doing something wrong when in actual fact, it probably I'm not um, and most likely not. Um, so, and you're not really taking into account anything that I've said. There's, there's a couple of assumptions that I made there. There's an assumption that number one, as you as you highlighted, that you were getting emotionally attached. And that can be really frustrating because um, when you're <clears throat> when you're on the receiving end of that, you might almost have to feel you might almost feel like you have to explain yourself and say, no, actually, that's not what I was feeling. And that can weigh the person who's already feeling weighed down by um, stress. Um, to feel even more weighed down by having to explain and elongate the conversation and take it out of the rabbit hole that it's just gone down. Um, mm-hmm. And also, yeah, the reason why I wanted to highlight that example was because I don't think a lot of people will realize that they're in fix-it mode. Maybe some of us play those roles at work or at home and we automatically default into that. So we don't realize that the person on the receiving end is feeling like you're trying to fix me. Yeah. But I think that with any of the conversations that we had so far, um, apart from the happy emotion, um, is that not everybody wants to sit with somebody's pain. It's mm-hmm. really difficult to sit with difficult pain. And Why do you think that is? Because it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable feeling to have to have these negative emotions. I think and- you're right. But I want to ask you a question um, because this is quite a tricky one to navigate. I think I am um, what I am the type, <clears throat> the personality type that you described earlier. I am the kind of person who, even if I'm carrying a weight, 
or weights of my own, I am able to sit with somebody and be with them in their pain. And it only was, it's only been in recent years that I realized that that's not something many people can do. So mm. where I so where I have really struggled is trying to gauge that with other friends. Is it a good time to speak to them about the thing that's happening or not? Um, the thing that I need to share, the thing that I'm struggling with. And one individual said to me, it was something that I still haven't quite made sense of, to be honest. What this individual said to me when they realized that I had gone through something very big and I didn't tell them, but I didn't tell a lot of people about, quite frankly. Mm. They were upset that I hadn't told them at the time because they wanted the opportunity to say whether or not they had the capacity to, to listen to me about that particular thing. And I really didn't make much sense of that because if I'm going to open myself up about something that's making me feel really sad or really stressed and it's making me feel vulnerable then I don't want to approach someone and say this is what's happening in my life do you have um are you able to just be there for me or at least just be a listening ear for me and if that person had responded me knowing actually let me give a bit of context that that person equally has lots of different things going on in their life if they that person had responded and say you know what I'm really sorry to hear this news Marina but I cannot be there for you right now I can't listen to this it's 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 too much for me Mm -hmm. I would I would have felt even worse Rosanna I would have preferred not to have said anything at all so whilst this friend was requesting in full acknowledgement that they cannot be there for most of their friends most of the time because they're dealing Mm. with so much. They felt that it was preferable to me not sharing at all. And I don't know how you work around that, Rosanna, because that one I I, I struggle with to this day. Yeah, no, no, I I completely understand that. That is a difficult um, situation to be in. I, I, from, from my from my experience as as a as a person and as a social worker and you know I, I like you I can I can I can put my whatever difficulties I have aside to be there for somebody else and I think that you you as an individual know uh who you can turn to and who you can't turn to um in in any given situation and you shouldn't have to explain yourself if after some time you decided to share that experience with somebody else like for example like if one of my friends felt like she could go to somebody else in that moment for whatever reason I shouldn't take it personally Mm. I would should in some sense I would be like yes you felt at that moment that you could talk to that person and you know, I'm happy that you you were able to do that within that situation, and, and you had somebody in that situation. So, and and, and again, <laughs> this particular friend made it about her. Yeah. And sometimes we do those things is because we're not really self aware. I think that's really important because I did feel like that actually at the time, Prasanna. Um, I struggled with it partly because I thought. 
hang on, am I supposed to, am I supposed to accommodate my, my, my joy and my pain around you? Am I supposed to share, you know, is it all about making sure you're aware, even if you can't be there for me? And I really struggled with that because it did feel like it was all about that individual. It, it didn't make me feel good at all because I'd be, I think, I think we all make mistakes, right? So if it was that I was, I hadn't told her something that I should have, that's, that's, I guess it's up for debate, right? What I should and shouldn't tell somebody, but this wasn't something that impacted them. It was something that was happening to me in my mm. life, did not impact them mm. whatsoever. And throughout that period, I continued to be there for that person. They would not have known that I was absent in any shape or form. Mm. Again, you, you, you highlighted something really important about, you know, sharing with somebody uh, is entirely up to you. And that is completely true. You, uh, we as an individual, as human beings, we have the right to share whatever we want, especially if it's happening to us. When it's happening to us and our experiences, we should be allowed to express those emotions to whoever we want to. And especially if you know that you are going to get your feelings validated, that person's going to uplift you and it's going to make you feel, you know, uplift your energy in that situation and make you feel heard, seen and supported, then you have every right to choose who you want to. And, and again, like you said, that person wasn't aware um, what was going on in your life. You continue to be there despite what was going on for you. And again, what, what I was highlighting before is that it's being self-aware. It's being, and if you're not in touch with your own emotions, and that's another thing that we need to talk about holding spaces, you're the type of person who doesn't know how to be in touch with your emotions. You won't be able to hold space for somebody else. What does that mean? Let's talk about that. So if you are just have a person who has negative emotions, you know, you're feeling some negative emotions and you, what you rather do is push them down and get on with your life without ever feeling them. Or you're the type of person who wants to continue to feel those feelings Mm. and sit in that misery without moving past it then you are not going to be there for somebody else because you can't be because you don't have the capacity to do so. I think that's really important. And if we if we zoom out for a minute, just to remind ourselves, why are these skills so important? Well, we said at the beginning that there were certain qualities of the Prophet about how he made the person feel when he was interacting with them. And when you also look at the Quran, Allah himself is validating some of the feelings of the Prophet when he was grieving that not everybody was accepting the message. Mm. So there are lessons for us from the Quran and the Sunnah about how we how we make a person feel when they're going through something. Yeah, and, and I think that we've we're very, when it comes to our Islamic literature, we're very academic mm. and it takes away the emotion. And, and then we think that as, as Muslims, whatever we're going through or a test that we're going through, we should get over it because, you know, Allah doesn't burden us with more than what he, he says he's not going to burden us with. But that's not 
that doesn't mean that we can't have that emotion because like the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu when his son Ibrahim passed away, he started, he started to cry. He cried and, and people were saying, oh, the Prophet, you are crying. And he said, I know this is a decree of Allah, but I, you know, I'm, I'm just paraphrasing here um, that he said that, you know, I'm still feeling the loss of my son. To talk to your point, the Islamic literature itself isn't academic, but our application of it is academic because clearly we've got examples from the Sunnah that shows us that there was an emotional intelligence and there was an emotional awareness between the Prophet and his companions. So just um, one more example that comes to mind. And again, I'm going to paraphrase, but I remember an example of a companion that was with the Prophet ﷺ when they were riding and an attractive lady who who was nearby caught the eye of one of the companions and every time his gaze fell upon her, what did the Prophet ﷺ do? He didn't start quoting chapter and verse about lowering the gaze and protecting oneself, which is very, very important, but he recognised instead where are where is this person's emotions at this time and place? And if I was to was if I was to quote chapter and verse, would that even have an impact? So what did he do instead of quoting chapter and verse? He gently nudged his head in the opposite direction to remind him without necessarily using any words that that's not the most appropriate behavior. And human experience is, is rawness and it's in all of its messiness. It, we are complex human beings and we as human beings and as Muslims should be more empathetic, more kinder. And if we're not kinder to ourselves, how are we going to be kinder to others? So let's conclude with a positive example. Let's reverse roles and replay one of the examples we shared earlier to give our listeners um, some inspiration, let's say. So I will I will begin this one just so you've got the opportunity to be on the other side of the um, the other side of the table if you like. So Rosanna, I've got some really sad news. I don't I don't think I fully processed this yet, but yeah, um one of my grandparents has just passed away. This is sad news, Marina, and thank you for sharing with me. And, and don't think that you need to process everything that you are going through right straight away. You just need to take your time. I am here for you and ready to listen when you are ready to talk. So... I guess that response makes me feel like, number one, you didn't put words in my mouth about how I was feeling. You mirrored back what I said, that number one, I had some sad news and you validated it and said, it is sad news, but you also thanked me for sharing it with you. And that made me felt like I could trust you. Mm. And secondly, you acknowledged when I said that I had I was still in shock and I was still getting my head around things. You you said you validated that and made me feel like it was okay and that I didn't need to work everything out in my head and be crystal clear straight away and I could just take my time to process those thoughts and feelings 
and that finally when I was ready in my time on my terms and my conditions that you would be there to listen not to give me advice not to tell me how to do things unless of course I you know specifically asked for that but you were there just to listen and at a time like that I think the power of listening is so immense because maybe you just need to have someone who will listen to all of your thoughts rational irrational and some of those crazy thoughts that have you know sometimes got such a grip on our minds because we need to get them out of our heads and share them with mm-hmm. someone so that we can offload so Frazana, any final thoughts any final takeaways for our listeners who may or may not be consciously projecting these things in their everyday conversations I think it's about being mindful so now that you've listened to this episode uh, when somebody does come to you with with a happy news or sad news that you really become aware um, that this person is sharing something with you and mirroring um, that emotion back to them and also um, validating their feelings without going into fix-it mode or uh, making it all about you. It's, it's being there for somebody um, and you don't need to have um, all the skills or you don't need to have all the words really. Mm. You don't necessarily have to have the words to to help that person. You just need to sit with them and you know acknowledge that what they are going through is 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 right. I think I agree. I would I would say takeaway um, comments for myself are less is more. So yeah, you, it's not about all the words that you have or, you know, all of the problem solving skills that you have. It's just about being there, even if you are sitting in silence, but making that person feel seen, feel, feel seen and feeling heard. I think that's more important than any, any experience or similar experience you have, which may or may not be useful as we've demonstrated Mm -hmm. and yeah less is more definitely less is more in this in this instance Mm -hmm. thank you prasana thank you marina catch you next time